We've got a Rams Commanders crossover edition, storylines, key matchups, predictions, and more. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and what is up, Commanders fans? Welcome to this crossover edition of Locked On Rams, Locked On Commanders. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. SI, Dodgers Nation, 24-7 sports. Now the Rams for Locked On. And today I'm joined by Mr. David Harrison from Locked On Commanders. You can follow him at DHarrison82. We're going to be breaking down this Rams-Commanders Week 15 matchup. But first, this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, David, I know it's been a frustrating season for Commanders fans. Ron <laughs> Rivera really feels like a dead man walking. You have already followed Jack Del Rio. You fired him and you're coming off this bye week. Sam Howell, though, he's dangerous. He's a lot of fun. But just what's the mindset? What's the mood for this team heading into this matchup, uh, David? Yeah, I mean, the 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 mindset is really just playing for pride. Like, you know, and, and it's it's really sad to be in that, that stage of the season, you know, for any NFL team. But that's really where the Washington Commanders are. I mean, even though mathematically the team has not been eliminated from playoff contention, being realistic about it, you know, the expectations that the, the commanders could possibly nab a playoff spot are, are, are waning very, very quickly and, and are pretty much dissipated for most people. In fact, I'm getting a lot of draft and free agency questions in my mailbag episodes these days. And, and, you know, so that's just kind of the mood around the organization and even inside the locker room, even inside the organization, you know, coach Rivera has kind of talked, you know, multiple times as mentioned uh, that his message to the guys is be professional, come in, do your job, you know, play your best, do the best job you can. Um, and, and just be professionals. And of course, you know, when you're talking that way in December, it pretty much knows, you know, the writing is on the wall. Uh, the players themselves are also talking about playing for pride and having some, 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 uh, some, some self-discipline and, and coming in and doing the best job that you can. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, all of these guys, they, they hear what's happening. They hear the talk, they read the, they read the articles and all this stuff. So like you said, you know, the, the impression that Ron Rivera uh, is on his way out, is is not unknown to them and so for a lot of those guys this means that they're putting stuff on film that their next coaching staff uh next gm next president of football operations whatever josh harris and this ownership group decides to do they're going to study and they're going to watch them and and they're going to make some 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 assumptions about these guys based on what they see in that tape and that's going to be the first impression that they give their new leadership so if they want to be a part of uh, the process of trying to fix this team moving down the road these four games is where they're going to show that they are a part of that solution and I think if you're the Rams, of course, heading into this game, the number one thing is take care of business. You're coming off of three wins in a row, and then you almost beat the Ravens, one of the best teams in the NFL. You're able to put up points against that Ravens defense. That's one of the best in the National Football League. They scored 29 points. That was the most on the Ravens all year. Stafford had a really nice day, almost 300 yards passing, three TDs, had a rating over 103. They did a nice job getting pressure on Lamar Jackson, over 40%. Only sacked him twice, but 
I'm not a big moral victories guy, but still you almost had one of the wins of the season in what was one of the most exciting games of the season. You can't have a letdown against a commander's team at home. That's lost four straight games. That's been reeling Sam Howell. He's struggled a little bit last couple of games. Of course, he, if you look at the interception totals tops in the league, I think if you're this Rams team though, you have to realize this is the national football league. And those guys over there, they drive Benz's too. Okay. They're all professional players and anything can happen in this league and this Rams team from a talent perspective. Yes. They have hit on some rookies. Yes. You still have Aaron Donald, Bruce Banner in football cleats. You still have Matthew Stafford is playing very well. Cooper cups playing a lot better, but you can't afford to take any team lightly if you are the Rams. So look, I just want to point out that there's no Rams team out there. That's there. No, there's no Rams fans out there looking at this commander's team and taking them lightly, because if you lose this game, you really shoot yourself in the foot. If you win this game, your playoff chances are almost at 50%. If you're the commanders, like you said, mathematically, you haven't been eliminated yet in the words of Lloyd Christmas from dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's absolutely what it is. I mean, again, you know, the, the mood around the organization, you would really think uh, that they've already been eliminated. And actually, one of the players yesterday was, was kind of reminded like, hey, you guys haven't been eliminated yet. And they're go oh, even better, even even more of a reason to go out there and, and play your best. So I mean, you know, it, 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 again, and real, realistically speaking, like so many teams are going to have to lose while the commanders win out. And not just this game against the Rams, which is going to be a tough road test for them. Uh, but they've also got the New York Jets, you know, before Christmas. And, and Aaron Rodgers is possibly going to be back for that game. And then you got the Niners and you got the Cowboys. So yeah, it's it's just it's it's a murderer's row uh, for a team that has has murdered themselves uh, largely on defense. But like you mentioned, playing with a young quarterback on top of it, just a lot of reasons why things have gone wrong for uh, for the Washington Commanders. But like you said, if, if the Rams come in sleeping on them, that's that's how you get bit. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did that week 18 of last season because they had their playoff future secured and didn't really have a whole lot to play for. And and the commanders, you know, jumped on them and were able to beat them. And, and coach Mike McCarthy got mad at his starters and left them in longer than they were supposed to be because they were sandbagging. So definitely don't want to don't want to don't want to uh, take anybody for granted in the NFL. Yeah, and if it comes to taking things for granted, it doesn't sound like Sean McVay is doing anything like that. He was asked about Sam Howell. He said he's a baller. He's got the ability to create. He can see the field well. He's dangerous. If things go right for this commander's team, it feels like it starts with Sam Howell. How are you feeling about where he's at at this point of the season? Do you think that he needed that bye week? Because coming out, look, this is a Rams secondary. The safeties, they struggled, and they had some misplays right there. You had some busted coverages on some big gainers against Lamar Jackson. Of course, Sam Howell isn't Lamar Jackson, but for things to go right, feels like it starts with Sam Howell. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think recently what you've seen, you know, is, is Sam is, is a young quarterback who understands that his team needs him to put up a lot of points. I, I you know, I've kind of said on my show, I think they got to put up 25 points or more uh, to be in any of these contests the rest of the way. So if you're Sam Howell and you acknowledge that fact as well, and you understand that fact as well, that means you've, you've got a lot of pressure on you to put up points on almost every drive. And when that's not happening and you fall behind early in, in games, that just adds that pressure even more. Um, and, you know, pressure is cumulative. He's been hit a lot. He's been sacked a lot. He's been intercepted a lot. And I think that's one reason you're seeing so many pick sixes uh, here recently, three games in a row, throwing at least one pick six, two of those coming in the final moments of, of two games. And, 
you know, it's based on one of those situations where you can't afford to take a sack. So you just kind of put the ball up and hope that the right thing happens and it hasn't gone right. And then an amazing play by Andrew Van Ginkle. But yeah, I just, I think, you know, when you talk about a young quarterback, you got to have the nuclear or the, the, the foundation around him to support the things that a young quarterback is going to do. And I just don't think the commanders have had it this season. Yeah. And it feels like he's a guy that's sometimes it feels like he's forcing to make a play, but really, I mean, he doesn't have that many options, right? I mean, he's, some things they're off schedule, they're on schedule. He's breaking the pocket, but does it feel like that is one of the most, if not the most encouraging thing moving forward is that it does feel like Sam Howell is going to be your guy moving forward. Yeah. When you look at what he's been able to do in the circumstances that he's had, you know, the pressures and learning a new offense and, and some of the defensive struggles that have certainly kept the team uh, playing from behind. And then an offensive line that struggled incredibly uh, early on. And then they replaced, you know, their center and their, and their starting left guard got a little bit better. Still isn't great. Still isn't one of the better, you know, offensive lines in the league. When you look at kind of all the things that are stacked against Sam this season, and you still look at the growth he's had and some of his pre-snap reads, some of his ability to negotiate the defense and and make the right throws. You're happy with what you've seen. You certainly kind of feel like maybe there's a little bit of growth that's missed because he is under such duress and and can't have the the total confidence sitting behind his offensive line that you want. But I think you still have to come out of it happy with what you've seen. Uh, and then, you know, for me, you know, coming into next year, and I think most people, at least in the media circle, and a lot of the fan base feel like he's a guy worth giving another year to under whatever the coaching situation is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at Matthew Stafford since the bye week, 11 TDs, two interceptions, really clean that area of his game up. He's getting healthier and healthier, playing through that thumb injury. I think he's in a really good spot. He's had a lot of success against the commanders throughout his career. Has never lost to them. So, yeah, from the Rams quarterback perspective, they're in a great spot. You're seeing more of a balanced attack. Kyron Williams, at least 88 yards rushing last four games. They really found something in him. So really it's just about the biggest cliche ever when it comes to offense and going out there and executing. But at the end of the day, I think with the way this Rams team has been frustrating at times, it's when they kind of play down to their competition and play up to their competition. So this is a commander's team that's dangerous because they have nothing to lose. Essentially they're going out here first time at SoFi stadium, just looking at that, football cathedral. I'm sure it's going to have them buzzing. So look, I'm not ready to just say, okay, the Rams are going to go out there and win by 20 points, win by double digits because it's the NFL. And we have learned this season that you can't take any team lightly in this league. If you're Los Angeles, but coming up in our next segment, David, we're going to take a look at some of these key matches, some of the key factors in this one and which position groups really going to determine this game that's coming up next here on locked on Rams. Let's talk about the skylight digital picture frame, right? there. There's a group of people in your life, I can almost guarantee it. If you're a parent like me and you, you're, your parents and grandparents and everything else, they always want to know what's going on with your kids. They always want to know what's going on in your life. And maybe you don't want to put everything on social media. This is where the skylight digital picture frame can come in, right? It's really hard to make sure that you're getting everything to everybody that needs to see it every single day or weekly or monthly or whatever. And now you can do it with the skylight digital picture frame. You don't have to sit down next to him on the couch and flip through your phone while you're doing skylight is a touch screen photo frame that you can send photos to straight to your phone 
and they appear in seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is open, so when it's unwrapped and plugged in, the most treasured memories will appear right on that screen. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. We're confident that you'll love Skylight. They're offering free 120-day returns. Over a million happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews are available in over 30 countries. Recommended by the Today Show, Forbes, New York Magazine, and more. And as a special limited time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.lockedon to get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com slash locked on. And we are off and running here on this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Commanders. Shout out to our Commanders fans out there, our Rams fans out there who watch every episode, listen to every episode. And you can join that Everyday Listeners Club too. Join the club. Membership is 100% free. You just have to watch every episode, listen to every episode, and you won't miss a thing about your Commanders or your Los Angeles Rams. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channels. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And give us your predictions for this matchup. Now, David... Second segment here, just kind of diving into some of these matchups and looking at really the defense of the commanders. Now, that really is the area where your eyes are starting to light up if you're the Rams. I mean, pretty much it's difficult to find a category where the commanders aren't the worst in the league. They've given up 3,458 total yards. That's the most in the NFL. They've allowed 30 TD passes. That's the most in the NFL. There's six interceptions. That's tied with the second fewest 7.2 net yards per attempt. That's the highest rate in the league. If you're Matthew Stafford, who's grooving right now, Cooper Cup is looking as healthy as he's had since he's returned from the IR. Puka Nakua is still the rookie phenom. They found something to Marcus Robinson. If you're this Rams team, you got to be licking your fingers trying to get attack this commander's secondary. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're in your fantasy playoffs this week, uh, if, if you got any Rams offensive skill players or, or Matt Stafford, you might be okay. Um, you know, that's just that's just the 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 trend that the Washington Commanders defense has given up uh, against opposing teams. And and you know, I talked to uh, one Commanders defense back in the locker room on Wednesday about Puka Nakua specifically because it just you know I, I'm kind of a I'm a team building guy. I'm a strategy guy. Like that's my favorite part of this whole, this whole business that we get to do. So when I see a fifth round guy like Puka Nakua just kind of explode on the scene, it really, it really catches my interest. And I really start getting curious on like, okay, what was missed? What wasn't evaluated? What does he have that can't be evaluated, right? There are certainly things about players that you just can't evaluate on film. And that's kind of the hard part about the process. Um, talk to, to talk to some commanders players. And like I said, one DB specifically said, uh, the dude, the dude plays like a fifth round pick who knows he shouldn't have been a fifth round pick. He's got that chip on his shoulder uh, and he's, he's super aggressive. He, he's, he's laying it all out on the line to go after the ball. And you, and you love that about a guy. Uh, but when you look at this defense, uh, you know, a receiver like that, I mean, they might, you know, like I said, they might come out early on. Uh, and that's kind of been the trend here for this, this commander's defense is you see a little bit of fight from them early on, but as soon as you kind of lay one of those haymakers on them and, and hit one of those, you know, big shots on them, uh, they tend to kind of, I don't want to say fold because they definitely don't fold, but they do kind of tend to melt within themselves and you kind of see the confidence uh, fade a little bit. So yeah, you expect the Rams offense to have a really good day. Um, but what I'm really looking for honestly is, you know, there, there's some, some obvious things like first round pick Emmanuel Forbes when he's going up against a guy like Puka Nakua or Cooper cup or anybody I want to see uh, how he does, you know, assuming that he's, he's able to come back and play because he's missed some time uh, this season and also has some struggles, but 
this pass rush, this, this commander's pass rush it, it has been non-existent, uh, even more non-existent since they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Um, I'm curious to see how they stack up against this Rams offensive line because, interestingly enough, stat scouting, which we know is never fully accurate or, or hardly ever accurate, um, the Washington Commanders offensive linemen actually grade a little bit higher on PFF than the Rams offensive line does. So I, I want to ask you, like, is that an accurate reflection of this Rams offensive line? Because the Commanders offensive line is not highly touted at all. Um, but I would feel like the Rams group is probably considered to be at least a little bit better. Is is that accurate, or where do you feel like this Rams offensive line stands right today? I think this Rams offensive line with Kevin Dotson, the addition, the trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, he's ranked out as one of the best as far as pass, bro, run blocking, but they've had some injuries. Rob Havenstein, he left the game and we'll see if he's able to return. He was out yesterday in practice, so that's kind of the big the discussion right now as far as where the where they are as far as the offensive line goes. And really, I mean, he's dealing with a groin injury right now. He suffered that in Sunday's loss. So he is a big factor. He's been one of the rocks of along this offensive line. Even last year when they were decimated by injuries, you had so many different combinations. He was the one guy that was able to post and give them production. But yeah, you have a rookie, Steve Avila, who had his worst PFF grade that he's had as far as it was in the 50s last week. He's been extremely solid, been one of the better rookie offensive linemen around the league. Their left tackle, Alaric Jackson, he's had his good games and bad games. And he's someone who, heading into this season, of course, an undrafted rookie, someone who, not a rookie, but undrafted player in the past that you're looking at, can he be a long-term solution at left tackle? That clearly has been answered this year. He's solid, but he's not that. So you look at this offensive line, they're solid. They're better than last year. I wouldn't put them in a top 15 category, but look, the reality is that Matthew Stafford has been able to stay vertical and that's the most important thing. And they've yeah. been able to open up holes for Kyron Williams. So really with Havenstein out, they're a different group because you got Joe Noteboom, who is someone who they gave a lot of money to, to be a franchise left tackle. And he's really a swing tackle depth piece who did a solid job last week, but it remains to be seen if he's given the start, if he can perform that way. So look, they're not some elite offensive line, but they're much improved from last year. And the most important thing is the game plan around it, whether it be getting the ball out quick, whether it be continuing to establish the run with Kyron Williams, they're able to get the job done. But Kevin Dotson has been an absolute revelation for this team and been one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Now, as far as Puka Nakuk, I want to go back to that because I found that really interesting what that player said as far as a fifth rounder that knows he should have been a fifth rounder. And how did he slip that far? Look, it's as simple as he dealt with some knickknack injuries in college, right? The production wasn't as sky high from a, just a statistic standpoint. He was at Washington mm -hmm. and then he transferred to BYU ran a four, five, seven forty, which won't knock your socks off when they're out there running in underwear at pro days and things like that. But still, I mean, his, he's a contested catch warrior, man, strong hands determined. I mean, he's got that extra it factor that just does not show up in combines in pro days. And he's an absolute gamer, man. He's tough as nails. I mean, I don't know what percentage of, the league wears gloves these days, but last week mm -hmm. he had the no gloves and the tape on the knuckles, right? He's <laughs> always falling forward. And look at the end of the day, I mean, look at the production, 10th most receptions among all wideouts, fifth most yards, 10th most targets. I mean, he's someone's going to make a pro bowl as a rookie and we love him yeah. here in LA. We got to do the Puka shell giveaway or something like that. But yeah, he's been phenomenal. I want to ask you as far as a young, encouraging breakout type player, who's that, 
Who's is there anything close to a Puka Nakua as far as a young player, kind of a, a hidden gem, diamond of the rough player that the commanders have found? I mean, I would like to say Brian Robinson, you know yeah. what I mean? And and I know that he's gotten a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, some more attention on the national stage this season. And I think people are kind of, you know, aware of, of his potential, uh, but you really want to see him get more usage. And I think his growth as a receiver this season has been really impressive uh, and something that, you know, I think coming into it, we all kind of knew that B Rob had the opportunity or the potential rather to be a better receiver than he was known as, but I think he's even exceeded kind of those expectations uh, from a screen game standpoint, of course. Uh, for the most part. And, you know, the, the, when you look at the numbers, Washington Commanders are one of the best teams in rushing yards per per attempt. The problem is, and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, is a self-admitted running back sellout. Like, he's a running back by trade. You know, that's that was, that was how he made his money in college in the NFL as a player. But now he's a super pass-heavy offensive coordinator and play caller. Um, so he kind of admits that he's he's a running back sellout. But he has done a better job in the last you know, half of the season to, to get Brian Robinson more involved, more carries, but also more involved in, in the, in the passing game. And I feel like the more that evolves and the more that becomes a part of their identity, the more value Brian Robinson is going to bring and the more uh, people will get to see uh, what he's got to offer because he's a guy who uh, carries a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's a third round pick, you know what I mean? So it's not like he sat till day three, but he still feels like that, you know, he, he probably feels like he should have been the number one overall pick. Uh, in his class and he's going to go into every game thinking that he should be the number one guy on the field for every play and for everything. And, and just that intensity that he brings, it's, it's, it's a very nice balance of unselfish desire to contribute, but also intense, intense confidence in what he's able to do. Um, it just makes you really kind of pull for a guy like that. But I think that he, you know, we already know about the Terry McLaurin's uh, of the, of the, of the world on this, on this roster. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne kind of speak for themselves. But I think Brian Robinson jr. Is the guy who has made a better name for himself this season and can continue to do so if his usage continues to keep up. Yeah, no, he's been fun to watch for sure. Those Bama running backs, man. So yeah, I yeah. mean, to me also nothing to look at. I find interesting is in this one, get, can you get pressure on Sam? Howe? right? Can you get to him? Of course he's dynamic, no one's as dynamic as Lamar Jackson, but if you look at the pressure rate over 40% for this Rams team yesterday. I mean, last mm -hmm. week and Sam Howe has been sacked 58 times in 13 starts this season. That's 10 more sacks than the next closest player. So that is a lot of sacks this season. Can you yeah. get home Tim, if you're the Rams? Cause it's not a Rams team that gets the quarterback a ton, but can they do that against Sam Howell? Because if they can, that's definitely going to make things a lot easier for this defense. Can you turn the ball over? There's also a Rams team that is not one of the better turnover teams in the league. Sam Howe, an NFL high 14 interceptions. So can you turn the ball over? Can you sack Sam Howe? That's really what I'm looking at. That's the thing. I mean, Sam Howe is someone who if you're a Rams fan right now. This is a perfect situation for him. Not a ton of pressure for him to go in there and win this game. Whereas the Rams, this is an absolute must win game. So that's going to be the biggest key. And then look, I mean, this is a commander's defense. That's allowing 30.4 points per game. If you're this Rams offense, you have to go out there and do what you've been doing and score a ton of points. And we'll see if they can do just that. But coming up in our final segment, David, we got some predictions, how we think this one could go. I don't know if you're going to throw out a score prediction. We might save that till Friday. I know a lot of hosts like to do that, but, uh, that's coming up next here on this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Commanders. 
All right, I got to talk to you about price picks. I had a blast last night, right? I was playing price picks, watching the Lakers and the Suns in the in-season tournament. And this is what makes price picks so much fun. First of all, put the price picks app on your phone. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's because it's awesome. It's because it's fun. It's super easy, too. You just pick between two and six players, and you choose more or less on their stat line. And you can win up to 25 times your money. For instance, last night, I had LeBron and Devin Booker over their projected totals. LeBron took care of me. Devin Booker just missed out. Didn't have a great night. But this is what's so much fun. Even if the game's been decided, you still have a lot of things to keep your eye on. And, of course, Prize Picks has all sorts of cool stuff. Like, you can combine leagues. LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, 10-and-a-half combo of threes made and receptions. Who doesn't want to do that? You even get a reboot policy. So, if one of your players gets injured, if they don't come out for that second, the player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only DFS sports platform with that kind of insurance policy. So, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code Locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy at Prize Picks. And after you do that, go over to your FanDuel app, right? Check out FanDuel right now because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You heard me right. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time <clears throat> to get in on the action. The app, super easy to use. A wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. One more time, fanduel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams and Locked On Commanders here. Now we're going to do some predictions here, but one thing I want to ask you, David, I'm always fascinated about team names, jerseys, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Where are you at as far as the commanders and the renaming? There's been some cool names out there. I've seen the pigskins. Yeah. I've seen the red tails. A lot of people love the Washington football club from a couple years ago. Maybe yeah. you still like the commanders. I think it's kind of growing on me a little bit, but where are you at with that? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't get too wrapped up in team names and stuff like that. I will admit, I mean, I did a lot of radio spots, I think, because so I have a military background. So a lot of the local radio hosts were really excited that I was completely against the name commanders and I had this military connection. So, you know, for some reason that makes it more, more, I don't even know what, like it gives me more clout to not like the name commanders, I guess. I don't know what it was, but you know, um, look, uh, I'm always going to have the issues that I do have with the, with the commander's name because I have my military ties and, you know, that's kind of annoying to some sense as well as it is, you know, logical. Um, but, you know, bottom line is the name's never going back to the old names uh, that the team used to have. So you're, you're talking about moving forward with a different name. And, uh, you know, one of the names that was, was really popular amongst the fans when uh, that whole thing was going down was Red Wolves. Uh, I was a big fan of that one. I thought it made a lot of sense. You could get, you know, the Wolf's Den and and do like the crowd howling and all that stuff. And I mean, your quarterback is Sam Howell. I mean, you have a quarterback whose last name is Howell. <laughs> exactly. it's, it, it couldn't have been a better fit. The, the impression is that Dan Snyder didn't want to fork over the dough to pay for the licensing. 
um, okay, that's fine. You know, you're on your way out, but maybe this, you, maybe this group does that. Maybe they don't, maybe they go a different direction. Uh, I know that most people would, you know, most people are more worried about winning than they are anything else. And, you know, if the Washington commanders win the Super Bowl, then the name will become synonymous with winning. And that kind of solves a lot of things, but while they're not winning, people still uh, definitely want a different name and, and we'll see what the, what direction they go. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of times when you change a team name, you're only going to make a part of the group happy. Um, so you just kind of have to go the best way you can and, and, and deal with the repercussions. Interesting. I like the red wolves. I like the Howell thing. I think like you do everything surrounding it, but they are going to change the name, right? They, so they said they will consider changing the name. They haven't said they will change the name, but they've said that they will consider changing the name. And, you know, I mean, if I were a new ownership group, I would probably change the name, but they haven't necessarily confirmed to us that they will. They just have confirmed that, you know, everything is essentially on the table uh, as far as the organization is concerned. Yeah, I'm going to see Magic Johnson today at that Otani press conference. So maybe I'll go, go. ask and we'll see. But he seems very excited about his commanders. But yeah, yeah, getting back to this game, I mean, look, you look at this Washington team sitting at four and nine and coming out of the bye week. They're riding a four game losing streak. I mean, you got some blowout losses. All signs point to this Rams winning this one. They're almost a seven point favorite. If you're the Rams, you cannot lose this game. It would be catastrophic to your playoff chances. The Rams, they have to win three of their last four games to really give themselves a good shot of making the playoffs. It is the Commanders, a team that can be dangerous. It is the NFL, but I still like the Rams because of where their offense is, because of what they were able to do against the Ravens last week. I fully expect them to get this win at home against SoFi. I think I'm going to drop my score prediction tomorrow. I don't know where you have a score predictions, but as far as path to victory, though, you have a path to victory for for your, for the commanders in this one, and you want to kind of throw out how you think this game will go? I mean, yeah, I'll just be up front. I think the Rams are going to win this one. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to put up at least 30 points. You just look at this offense against this defense. There's too many weapons uh, for the commanders to try to stop and and with the resources that they do and don't have. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I do think that maybe, you know, Sam Howell on this offense can do a little bit of damage against his Rams uh, defense, but not, you know, again, I, like I said, I, I got to see at least 25 points on the board uh, to predict a win for the commanders in this game. I do think that the Rams are probably going to put up at least 31 points, uh, if not more. And I don't know, I don't know that the commander's offense uh, can kind of keep up with that pace, especially if the Rams get some of those points early on. And again, start to pile on that pressure on a young quarterback like Sam Howell. Uh, the other concern is, you know, Brian Robinson, who I just, you know, spoke about glowingly as a hamstring injury, uh, didn't practice Wednesday, didn't even see him on the rehab field Wednesday, which is not a good sign uh, going into the season again, Thursday, we'll see what the update, what the update there is. So pay attention to that. If you're a Rams fan, wanting to know how to maybe wager or play your fantasy lineups uh, against this team, because if Brian Robinson can't play, you know, I would love to say that, you know, Antonio Gibson can just step into that role. Chris Rodriguez jr. Their young rookie. I'm really impressed with from a six round pick running back standpoint, um, but he's definitely not ready for, you know, primary back duties and things like that. And I just feel like if Eric BME doesn't have Brian Robinson available, you're probably looking at like a 50 pass day, uh, for Sam Howell. And, and that's not usually a good sign. And, and then, you know, that, that kind of limits them a little bit. So, you know, there's just a lot stacking up against the commanders. Like you said, the Rams can't lose this game uh, for their own playoff hopes. I don't think Sean McVay lets his team come in sleeping on a team like the commanders. And plus you've got too many veteran leaders, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, uh, who, who have been through this type of, of dance before, and they know what's on, on the line. They're not going to let their teammates uh, sleep on anybody. So I do see the Rams winning. I don't have an official, you know, score prediction, but uh, I do see the Rams winning this one. 
you got tons of points being scored by the Rams. I mean, that would definitely be, be nice to get a little comfortable. And I will say, though, interesting, Washington 26-14-1 all-time against the Rams. I mean, this dates all the way back to 1937. The Rams did win the most recent matchup, 30-10. to Washington won the one before that. And McVay, of course, with all the ties going up against Washington, is to old team is going to want to go out there and get that dub. But I got Rams winning. David has the Rams winning. And David... Thanks for rocking with us here on Lockdown Rams and this Commanders crossover edition. These are always fun. We appreciate the insight here in the Rams territory. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it's not too exciting of a game if you're a Rams fan as far as how close it's going to be. But, like I said, the Red Wolves, let's do it. I'm all in. The Washington Rebels, let's make it happen. But that's going to do it for this episode, guys. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams' house. 